0: Good morning and welcome to KLE. This is Thursday and uh, we're just about ready for a celebration weekend of celebrating the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ and what a privilege it is to, to be able to say that from here, you know, <laughs> I said to to Michelle, my wife yesterday, is just, you know what a privilege we have right now is that being able to sit here and air and say that to the world from here um, and and uh, tell our story and tell, uh, you know share our convictions, um, share our message, share the message of the kingdom, and do it freely from here with with absolute freedom and liberty. What a what a privilege that is, and so. Uh, yeah, as we heading into the weekend, it's time to it's time to celebrate, you know, thank God for the cross, but thank God, uh, Jesus paid the price, took our condemnation, our judgment, went into the regions of hell to to provide for us by identifying with us in our condemnation, in our judgment, paid the full price, rose again from the dead and is seated at the right hand of the father what a celebration what what a what an awesome awesome privilege it is to to have the revelation of that and to to know that is the truth for us today hey I something else that I wanted to share with you today as well is you know at what point do you become a leader at what point do you become a a leader, and why kingdom leadership? You know, I think the church has adopted so many leadership principles from secular the secular world, and uh, you know whatever's going on out in the world, and how people lead, and, and styles of leadership. And, you know, there's been that that focus, and and in fact, a lot of times, no leadership. I mean, not that. Not that they're not leading, but not properly. They're not leading on purpose. It's just like an adopted form is just who I am kind of thing, and it doesn't matter what my attitude is. It doesn't matter what my behavior is. Um, you know, I'm in charge. I'm the boss. I'm leading. I'm the founder. I'm the president. I'm the 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 director. Whatever the story is, and you just do what I tell you. Otherwise, get out, kind of thing, and. And so we can hire and fire and we can, you know, <laughs> leave casualties along the way. It doesn't really matter. But w- so where does leadership really start? And what is leadership in the kingdom of God really? And if I think about, you know, my own story, if I go back, uh, there was like hardly any chance that I would be a leader in in humanistic terms, in, in secular terms, in business terms, I I grew up poor. I, you know, is just, there was no chance. My whole family was one of don't try, don't push too hard, don't, you know, um, don't take a chance. You may fail, you may get hurt, it may cost you too much. And so, you know, I remember driving with my grandmother one day and we were driving through a a very um, prime, a really prime area of Cape Town, South Africa. And property is at prime prices there. And uh, and this is going back a few years when it really, really was prime. And, and we drove through there and she said, you know, I could have bought property here for like, you know, 20 pounds. And I said, why didn't you? And she goes, no, I, I just thought it was too much of a risk. You know, I didn't want to waste 20 pounds. I said, 20 pounds, I could have inherited like a million, you know, a couple of million rands, um, ZAR uh, property right now, you know, <laughs> grand. What's the matter with you? You know, but that's how they—that's how they thought. That's how my family thought. You know, uh, I remember my dad sitting and and he used to he used to overhaul cars. Him and and uh, and a, a friend of his, uh, a black friend of his, and they used to uh, redo cars. They used to redo the engine, and they used to. Panel beat and spray paint the cars, and every weekend they would do one or two. In those days, it was the Stutterbaker. and the two of them would work like day and night through the weekend and redo two cars and get paid for it. But I remember I was just young and sitting in the in in the kitchen listening to my 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 father and mother talking, and and they were saying how um, how that. The uh, to move the business forward, he would have to buy a bigger compressor, and the compressor was going to cost, you know, x amount of money, and they would have to pay something like three rands a month. And and my mother said, "You can't do it. We can What happens if we can't pay the three rands? I mean, here's the chance to make a business grow, and and and." You know, she talked him down, and he's yeah, he's he said no, yeah, you know that the taking a chance like that right now is, and the and basically what happened was the the business fizzled out because they didn't go to the next level, and so the whole thing fell apart and and they never went any further, and so you know we kept living below standard as we did for the rest of our lives, and that's what happens when when you grow up in that kind of environment. And so what I'm trying to say is is that. In that environment, I had no chance of leadership or business leadership. Nobody was encouraging me in business leadership. Went to school average. Um, Went to school never in any kind of leadership position. You know, never, never ever sort of became the super duper of anything. However, when I got saved and I met the Lord, Something happened inside of me and I had a vision. Jesus said, Go and make disciples of all nations. That was the script. I didn't even know that scripture existed in the Bible. You understand? I didn't grow up in a religious home or a church going family. My grandmother used to take us to the Methodist church and that or congregational kind of Methodist church. And that was it. You know, that's all I knew. But I didn't know the Bible. I didn't, I didn't know that scripture existed. Maybe I'd read it or heard it. I don't know. But When the night I surrendered my life to Christ in a God tower in a place called Bloemfontein in South Africa, that was the moment. And in an instant, God revealed that scripture to me. and, And I saw a vision of him calling me and saying, I've called you to go and make disciples of all nations. And man, something resonated in me. And I didn't know what that meant. I just went out and began to preach in the in the military camp where I was and began to tell people. And they all thought I was an extremist, a, a radical, and probably was. You know, I didn't even know what I was talking about. But I knew people had to get saved and not go to hell. So that's what I would do. I would get on the streets and I would hand out uh, tracts on the streets in, in, in the city of Bloemfontein. And uh, people would shout at me and chase me away. I'd go... Then I'd go put it into post boxes. I'd spend my 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 earnings, my military earnings on on buying tracts and handing them out and getting around, going to churches and stuff. So that was my sort of, you know, that's all I knew. That's all I, and and boy, I didn't quite fit in anywhere. I, you know, never amounted to anything, but I knew that something significant. I had to do, and I discovered I had a gift. From from being a totally introverted, shy person, suddenly I discovered I can speak. You know that I can, I can communicate. I can share a message. I can verbalize. I can put into a package. I can get an idea across. But it took me a while to discover that because even while I was at Bible school, I was invited to preach. I went to my pastor. And I said, "Hey, um, can you help me with a message?" And, and he was just like, you know, he looked at me funny, like, "What's the matter with you?" kind of thing, and 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 uh, just left me. <laughs> that was it. So what I did was I took a cassette tape of a of a of a Los Angeles preacher, Dr. KC Price. I remember clearly the God kind of faith, and I listened to that message over and over and over and over over the next two months before I had I got to preach my first message. And um, uh, and when I stood up to speak in a, in this little town um, with a very Afrikaans congregation, and I ended up, I didn't, I didn't even realize what I was doing. <laughs> what I was doing, but I I ended up speaking in a perfect Los Angeles accent, probably not perfect, but <laughs> I copied him right down to the accent, man. And um, but you know. Somebody got blessed in the meeting. Somebody gave their heart to the Lord in the meeting. So, you know, God uses you anyway. But that's that's the limit of my of my leadership. You know, is it but I discovered a gift, and and so as the thing grew, um, Michelle and I went to to Cape Town in 1990 uh, from Johannesburg, and we we planted a church in 19. 19- 19 we, we started in our home 1992 we officially launched and uh, and the only leadership that i had was my gift you know i could i could teach the word i, I love teaching the word i love bringing uh, you know just communicating the message of the of the word of god to people's lives to help them i i had such a desire to add value to people, to see them healed, to see them successful, to see them, uh, you know, get out of out of the rut of the of of what the devil had them in, and that, that was my like my sole purpose. I was so excited about doing that, and, um, and that's what we did, you know. And we went to Bible school for a year. We learned about the Word of God, but. That was about the limit of what we knew about leadership, you know. And, and so, but I used to study the word. I used to listen to tapes all the time. Those days it was cassette tapes, man. I listened to cassette tapes all the time. When I used to walk to work, when I used to walk home, when I used to wake up, when I used to go to sleep during the day, any opportunity I had, I would listen to messages, get out my Bible, mark it up, mark it up, listen, listen, listen over and over and over again some messages listen to more than more than 10 times you know others just you know just going through a whole series listen 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 just feed myself because i didn't get to university you know so i didn't get to college or anything like that so what i did was i i fed myself as much as i could um and then we we planted the church the church was growing we were there like nearly over 15 years and, and things was happening. We were in a little town, things were happening, you know, people were coming and I had no idea, you know, one day somebody said to me, what is your vision? I said, what, what is that? And he said, what is your goals? I said, "I have no idea. What is your strategy? I said, I've never heard of anything like that, you know, and, and I, d- I had because, you know, I'd, I'd studied a bit of marketing and stuff, but, but I, I didn't, I didn't know it to that level. You know, I didn't know you could apply it and you should apply it in ministry or in the church. You know, I thought that's that's like evil kind of stuff for the church. But then I discovered, you know, is that as well, I didn't I didn't discover it at that point in time, to be honest. All right. So anyway, so I've worked out some vision and we work out some program and, you know, do what everybody else does. Basically work out a church program. But then, in 2003, starting in 1999, I was introduced to, to a leader, and I, I put a lot of a lot of um, uh, trust in that leader. I put a lot of a lot of um, uh, faith in that leader. I, I, I pursued that leader. Now, I had a, a spiritual father already in my life that was investing in me, and he introduced me to this leader, and and I thought. You know, that being who he was and what he taught, he, he was going to help me understand, you know, what I'm doing and help me, you know, build what 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 I'm doing and do it properly. You know, I really wanted to do it properly. I really wanted to do it God's way. I didn't want to just do it. And God had already been dealing with me in a number of ways. And, and uh, so... But the thing about it was he had an agenda, and the agenda was you conform to what i'm what I'm wanting you to do, otherwise um I'm going to destroy you and uh he didn't say it like that, and of course, when I didn't conform, he began to destroy me, he dismantled everything around me, told stories about me, um you know lied i mean just pure lied about me and anyway and this is a christian leader you understand in the in ministry and so we found Michelle and I found ourselves within a month or two in 2003 we'd gone from having a family having relationships having a team doing things for the kingdom of god and and I was copying things that he was doing and I was trying to be do what he cuz I thought he was you know he knew what he was doing so I I was trying to do what he does and and uh, well, it turned out to be very bad. It turned out that within a month or two, we lost everything. We lost our cars. We, you know, we lost everything. We, we, I, I went from being a pastor of a church, senior elder, whatever, um, to delivering dog food, selling dog food from door to door, uh, praying for for money, for bread, for my family, and straight after that we we you know we go through that it was hard it was tough a year later two years later we, we meet another man and and I, again you know i needed a friend i trust him and basically uh, yeah ethically thing doesn't work out and and uh, and we we end up in a situation again and and so I don't want to give all the details, but we end up in, in England and and I'm sitting there. And then I just realized as God began to reveal to me some things about leadership. And there's a book I've been reading for many years. I, I often speak from this book. Um, it's principle Centered Leadership by Stephen Covey. And if you see my book, it's marked up like a Bible. I mean, um, I've had it for 10 years already. 11, 12 years, and I just mark it up all the time. I read it all the time, just like my Bible. I read it because it's leadership principles, principle-centered leadership. This is the foundation of all that I talk about. And the more I spent time in it, the more I saw what was uh, wrong and what was right. And I I began to correspond with with what Jesus spoke about uh, leadership. So, Coming down to the, the right down to the nitty-gritty of it, where does leadership start? And it started with, I just said, I cannot take how leaders deal with people anymore. I, I just cannot take it. I I cannot take it. I I, I it's something has to change. Is it right or is it wrong? Is 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 what's being done generally accepted. You know, and, and the more I studied leadership, the more I read up on it, the more I meditated on it, the more the more I read about how Jesus led and what Jesus taught about leadership, I began to realize this is not leadership. This is dictatorship. This is being a boss mentality, hierarchical thinking. I just said, I can't take it anymore. Something, I have to say something, you know. And yes, boy. You know, some people don't like me for it. I've been rejected. I've been kicked out. I've been misunderstood. I've been criticized. But that doesn't matter. You know, you have to. At what point do you become a leader? Just when you say, "You know what? I have to correct this." It becomes your mission in life. You have to find that mission in life. You have to find that mission for you. You have to find that thing that that is your message. That says, "This is it." You know, the world. I cannot stand to see the world like this anymore. The world has to become better. You know, and it, it might not be, you know, for me, it's like I have to pull down something to see something else grow. And and maybe, maybe that's not even the right way of saying it. But I, I just think about that it has to be a generation of leaders that arise that have a real kingdom mindset that have a real kingdom view on things that do it the way Jesus taught they they they're not about positions they're not about titles they're not about imposing themselves they're not about destroying people's lives and ministries and for the, for their own agendas you know it's just something is wrong with that I, that that we don't reject we don't have conditional acceptance we we mentor we fathers we moms and dads who nurture another generation that we prepared to we prepared to sacrifice time for people we prepared to be what others weren't to us we prepared to invest and contribute we prepared to spend time and not reject we prepared to not just work within the confines of our of building our organizational our organization or our building or our institution but we 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 invested in people because people is what Jesus loves people is who he's died for and they're not our people they're not our sons they're not our our thing we didn't bleed for them we didn't die for them we didn't shed blood for them we didn't go to hell for them Jesus did and and they are precious in His sight. They are valuable to Him. They are His bride, His wife. They are His temple. And and what right do I have to control that? To manipulate that? To seduce that? To uh, you, you know to to um, destroy that? To corrupt that with my with my uh, you know personality, with my agendas? And um, and uh, <laughs> I hope I'm not sounding too. Too um, uh, aggressive today, but you know, I just at what point do you become a leader? And that's the point I became a leader. At that point, I'd said, you know what, I cannot take it anymore. This is where I have to make a change. I have to see a new generation of leaders arise in both in the marketplace and in ministry. I have to see a generation of leaders that believe in succession, believe in the next generation. I, I, and even in the marketplace that, excuse me, that there is, I have to um, begin a transformation into the marketplace that I have to get into the marketplace, work with leaders in the marketplace who, you know, even if they're not in church and not saved, who is going to them? They don't come to church. Who's going to them? Who's going to be there? Who's going to? Be the values of the kingdom of God to their lives. And, and so that became my changing point. That became the point that, you know, leadership to, to me is not about followership, how many followers I get. It's not about how big a thing I can build. It's about how much I am passionate about putting value into people's lives. How I can serve the world—that's leadership. What is where I discover my message? I discover the message, and I'm saying my message, but the message that God lays on my heart to 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 communicate. What is the what is it that that motivates me? That wakes me up in the morning. That that inspires me. That 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 I can inspire others, so that I can influence them. What what is it that that you know, drives me to to keep moving forward even when I'm feel like I'm failing, even when I feel like I cannot put another foot in front of another of each other, is that is when your leadership begins. And that's what I want to share with you today is that, you know, where is your leadership? Where is your message? What is your message? And the more you share it, the more defined it becomes, the more you know, you don't have to go through everything that I've been through. <laughs> is this, is, you know, is what, what is it that God's laid on your heart? What are you passionate about? Is it feeding the poor? Is it running a soup kitchen? Is it, is it um, visiting the orphans, building an orphanage? Is, you know, it, it may be just to raise good children. You know, I don't know. What, what, what is it that God's put on your heart? And that's where your leadership begins. When you begin to serve what God's called you to serve and you serve it with all your might, regardless of, you know, how how popular it is or how much of a celebrity you become. You know, Jesus knew what his message was. It was a kingdom message and it wasn't received in the day by the institution, the Judaizers and the lawyers and the the Jewish leaders and Sanhedrin and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they all hated him, but the people loved him, but he never ever committed himself to the crowds. He committed himself to 12 because that was his mission. That was his passion. And that's what he focused on. And that's what I want to share with you today. So find find that message, find that thing that really is, is your passion. And sometimes you've got to take some time to get there, but when you get it, go for it. Serve the world with that. That's where your leadership begins, and that's when you become a kingdom leader. Thank you for listening. Until next time, God bless you. Have a great weekend.